0: Please take your seat. You know, as we started this year with the promise and the precepts, everything what is coming to us, even last uh, night or Vigil night and also this Friday, throughout this month, it is all in relation to um, the precept. And the promise. The precept Luke turned to pray for the harvesters. Harvesters, plenty. Laborers of few. So that pray for the laborers. So that we'll have an uh, abundance of harvest in our life. That's what we believe it. And we are considering that everything is lining with that. When I think of sharing today, even though it was in my mind for last few weeks, and everything is confirmed. And uh, that's why, even though it is a repeated message, this message was shared by our pastor Leslie last year, exactly in February. And I have chosen the portion for today is uh, Luke chapter 15. In this, there are three... Parable Jesus Christ is mentioning. One is lost sheep, lost coin, and third is the last son. And I title this message, Turning Complaints into Celebration. Turning Complaints into Celebration. For that, why I have said it, I title this The first two verses from Luke chapter 15, 1 and 2. What has happened? Why Jesus asked to mention these parables? The reason is the two verses. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. The Pharisees and the scribes complained different version says, different uh, uh, words, uses. Muttered. And saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying. That's what it starts with. So what is the reason that Paris, the Paris, of course, when he related with the gospel of the uh, Uh, chapter 10 Jesus Christ was moved with the compassion towards the people and when he was visiting the cities, villages and cities and proclaiming the gospel and teaching the word in the synagogues when he saw the multitude came to him and he was moved with the compassion. The same way even in this chapter when the tax collectors and the sinners draw near to him to hear him at the same time, the Pharisees and the, the Bible teachers or the scribes complained, muttered him and saying that this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable. What is their problem? So it was said it was happened 2,000 years before. But the same thing we are facing in every part of the world. I don't know how do you understand it. Who are the tax collectors? Who are the scribes and the Pharisees? They are the Bible teachers. They are the religious leaders. And here, and what, what is their problem? They also came to see and visit Jesus Christ, maybe to to hear his words. But the problem is, it is not by his teaching. They have not complained about what he is teaching. What it is wrong? No, their complaint is. They are is sitting with the sinners and the tax collectors and eating with them. That is the problem. Why it is the problem? They are the high class people. They felt it is a shameful thing for them to sit with them. That is their problem. But today's world, it is not the problem. The, all the religious, so-called people, they oppose us by our teaching. Because they don't like it. But here these people, it is not the, they don't have the problem with the teaching of Jesus Christ. Their problem is, he is sitting with the sinners and the tax collector. That is why to defend them, Jesus has to quote these three parables. First, it is all about, about the last sheep. Secondly, about the lost coin. What we understand, why he has to say, when we meditate on this, there are many things similar to, and there are differences among three. And uh, in that, uh, there are similarities. Let me see, put this one. There are similarities in this. What is the similarity? First one, in all three, an object or a person is lost. This represents our miserable condition apart from God. We also miss. We were also lost. We were lost before coming to knowing Christ, before knowing Christ. Secondly, all are own. That means even the son would have been considered so until leaving the home. Third, all remainder, the valuable to the owner, dispute being the lost. Fourthly, the owner having others. That means. The one who has ninety-nine, uh, one who lost the one sheep, he has balance ninety-nine. The one who lost one kyan, he has a balance. She has a balance of nine. The one who lost one, uh, the one son, he has another one. That is the meaning of it. Fifthly, the focus is on love of owner for the lost object or a person. So they have love for it. That's why they were searching. Finally, when you come to, they were rejoicing and celebration over the repentance. That's what that I can explain this later. And in all things, what I seen, another uh, one, uh, one thing I mentioned, I noticed this, rejoicing. When you look at the first one, three times it is mentioned. What are the things he has mentioned here? When the last coin was, the last sheep was there, the verse uh, 5. And when he finds it, he joyfully put it on his soul. Joyfully, once. Again, rejoice with me when he finds. He goes to home, then he calls his friend and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. Finally, he says, uh, verse 7. I tell you that the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need uh, repent. So, so the same way. The second one, again it is staying about rejoicing. Verse uh, 9 says, rejoice with me. Verse 10 says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. But, when it comes to that uh, lost son, or uh, in that, what I found was, that's why I'm using this. Uh, there are different, uh, different, different verses, uh, version of the Bible using different words. I use NIV for this very purpose. Verse 23. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us have a feast and celebrate. That is NIV. For this reason, for this is, this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So, they began to celebrate. And also when you go for the last verse 32, he was telling to his elder son, then but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he is alive again and was lost and is found that is why i titled this complaints turns into celebration so you know what is the complaint at the same time when you we consider about only the last parable About the last son. What we learn from him. What God has been teaching to us. We must be hearing this one from our Sunday school. So prodigal son. There were a message about the elderly son. And there is a message about the younger son. Mostly. And it is always addressed or centered in backsliding. But here. It is not about the backsliding. It is something else. So, what we learn from here. So, as an introduction starts in mind, let's turn to this portion from verse 11 to 32. Number one, it was a shocking and selfish request of a younger son. Why I say this? And uh, he was saying, give me, his focus is me, his life is all wrapped up within and himself, and he cares no one else, especially not the father. And but this father is so gracious; he have all the right to ref- refuse him, but because he is gracious, he could have. He merely did and gave him what he asked for. It according to him. He simply gave all the inheritance which belongs to him. Divided and he gave to him. And he has taken it for the far country. That's what the scripture says. So here, all of a sudden, as he was so dear to the father, only two sons. Before that, when we think of this, even pastor mentioned about it. When you think of the first parable... 1 out of 99 is only 1%. In the second parable, in the last coin, 1 out of 10 is only 10% as a calculation purpose. But when it comes to the last son, it is 50%. 1 among 2 means 50%. How precious it is. So the, 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 the purpose here, the message is how precious or valuable it is for one sinner repent and enter into his kingdom. As we are all challenged or encouraged to pray for the more souls to fill the kingdom of God and we were also, even last vigil night we, uh, we are learned about why we should pray for the missionaries? How we should pray for the missionaries? And a practical guide, as a guideline, the points were given for us. Why? This is the year of harvest. So in this case, who is the person the next to us? It is unsaved member in our family. There are unsaved friends we have. That is why pastor was encouraging. Take down the names. Write down. Let this be a prayer points starting from this year till the year, end of the year so that you will know where we are progressing and we can see the uh, mighty hand of God is with us. That's why it's a challenge for every one of us. Even all of us who are sitting here, we were sinners before, we were lost. It is God, Jesus Christ who was chosen, who was found, who was called. Now we are his children. That is our privilege Am I right? So that's what the scripture says. So, so the soul loving son, the one son, all these days he was there. When he grown up, he said that I want it. And that's why it was shocking to the father, but at the same time, it is a selfish request of his son. Secondly, the reality of sinful living. Verse 13 to 16 when you look at it, what is the reality? He takes his father's grace and uh, misuses or abuses it by living a wicked and uh, self-indulgent life. The verse living refers to the life totally given over to sinfulness and the wickedness. So eventually, his money ran out And along with the money, he also lost the friends who had uh, helped him to spend it. And uh, the far country had become a land of weeping, worry, and sorrow. That's why he was fully immersed in sinful life. That made him to end up in this situation. So what is the sinful nature will uh, lead us. So the sin brings separation, first of all. So the boy finds himself broke, alone, and miles away from the father, who had done nothing but love him. But still, by his own actions, he is separated from that father by wide gulf of sin, pride, and ignorance. So the first thing, the sin brings separation. If anybody who still live in sin or commits sin, definitely it will separate us from the love of the Father, from the love of God, the fellowship from Him. The church always encouraging not only to have the love relationship, the intimate love relationship. We are encouraging, encouraging each and everyone to Not only knowing God and have a close and intimate relationship with him. Expecting that God is always walk with us. That should be our experience. That should be our our faith. That's what we are encouraged to. But the first thing the sin will bring is separation. Secondly, the sin brings sorrow. He began to be in want. Life turned upside down to this boy. When the friends left and the money was all gone, his sin had robbed him of everything of the value and it left him hopeless, helpless in that country. The broken lives, ruined marriages, shattered dreams, damaged trust, health problems, hopelessness, depressions, defeat and the death are all Part of the pay package of sin. May not be straight away, but it is the truth most of the time. It is not only the truth. So, whoever is going through this kind of situation and the struggles and the obstacles and the hardships in your life, the sign is there is sin. That brings sorrow in your life. So he learned it. So, because of his foolish decisions, he learns some valuable lesson now. Thirdly, the sin brings shame. Those who allow sin to have its way in their lives always come to shame, sooner or later. The shame of wasted life, the shame of wasted youth or the shame of wasted opportunities but worst of all there is a shame of wasted eternal life. There will be a shame of wasted eternity if you are living sin. Fourthly the sin brings sufferings. Here is no home, no help, no hope, no one cares for him at all. He is starving and would have taken the pig's food if he could have it. No one is there to give him. He is suffering because of the choices he has made. So the suffering the sin causes suffering as well. Fifthly, the sin brings sadness. No one cares whether he lives or dies. He is alone and lonely. He is hungry and broken. What is sad shape to be in? But for this young man, it was the first step in getting me home. Nothing is any sadder than a life broken by sin. So he realized it. So these are all the, he learned it. So the first, the, this is what the, the, the consequences of sin. Third reason is, the point is, realization, resolve, or repentance and return. From verse 17 to 28, if you go through it, the son's realization, let me read verse 17. When he came to his senses, That I like it. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare and here I am starving to death. This is the most important part or a time in everybody's life. Today we claim that we are saints. We are believers. But, What is the important thing? Whenever we say that about the salvation, I am very particular about it, to knowing about even the so-called, even the servants of God I used to ask this question. What made you to become your minister? And what is the turning point? That's most important. So some of the people, most of the people I can say, So, many years, uh, the believers, they backslide why there will be a problem initially in their salvation. Accepting Christ. Because there won't be a true repentance, realization and repentance before God. So, they they may not have sensed it. They were sinners first. The impossible situation. So, where, where even in the day to day life, when you are going through, every, everything goes well, you, 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 yeah, you think that everything is, uh, is, God is taking care of everything. And you may be asking for whenever, when, when some particular things comes, there you pray. And you may not find the answer. And a particular thing, maybe about the future, But God allowed certain things for us to come down, down and down and emptying ourselves to the ground level, find nothing and no one, it is except God alone. When you come to that sense and you pray, God will answer. God will answer. You think that God will not uh, speak to everybody at every time. No! It is not to everybody at every time. Always I used to tell under even father counseling. Why I say boldly this? Yes, I have confidence in that. I have experience in that. Why? How God speaks? Of course, God wants to speak. God wants to speak, but He will not speak as you and me speak. Every time, everything just like casual. No. He will not speak like that. Even when you cry or even uh, uh, when you cry for anything, He will expect, allow you, you, allow you, wait, wait, wait until you prepare yourself to listen from Him. God knows whether you will hear him or not when he speaks. First thing, God knows when you are going to hear him. If you are prepared to hear him, waiting upon him, then he will prepare to speak. Not only that, second level, he will expect whether if I speak to him, First level, first thing he will listen. Secondly, he has to obey. If the person is not obeying, God knows whether hearing is not only the only thing, everything. He speaks, he expects you to hear, and immediately he wants you to obey. If you are not in a position to obey, God will not speak. I have not learned from the Bible, I am not telling from that, but from the experience I am telling. And it is true as well. So in his case, who who speaks? In his his condition. In the uh, uh, young son. When he was become hopeless, there is no hope, no help, nothing. Who spoke? The Holy Spirit of God who reminded him. Then he came to sense and uh, he leads to through the Lord Jesus Christ ultimately he has to come to the Father. So we should know. That's why even the scriptures in the gospel we know, even Jesus Christ has said, the, you should know the truth. The truth can set you free in the sense, the truth is not, truth is what? It is the word of God. The truth will not come and take you. Who is the, even though the truth is there, we should know the truth. The truth is one is Jesus Christ, second is the word of God. And unless we have the truth in us, the Holy Spirit of God will not remind you that how God answers, when we are praying, when we are singing, The only the Spirit of God the word which is already in you he will remind you that word so that is how the Holy Spirit when he reminds you or quickens your spirit you will come to sense so you will accept it oh this is for me it is God speaking it is God's answer it is my situation and it is really to me not to anybody else so everyone should come to have that kind of experience. Whenever you come to here, it is not only it is a, just a, it is enough to come and attend the prayer meeting or the worship service and all. Waiting upon the Lord, waiting upon I Lord, mean, we mean to say that wait upon the Lord means what is your portion to receive it. It is not with everybody the same. God speak to every individual based on your need and your expectation. Are you waiting upon the Lord? Hello, I'm asking you all. Yes. What we are, God is going to teach you from this lesson is realization, repentance and returns. And realization, he came to sense. And the son's resolve. Second is the resolve. What has happened when he came to the father 18, 17 and 18. When he came, 18 I will read. I will set out and go back to my father, he said. And I said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up. So in that case, return means immediately when he came to sins, he repented to himself and he started immediately from that place and went towards the father. So that's why realization, resolve and return to God the father. So in this case, what do we know? So the resolve means 18 and 19, he makes his mind to go home. And he was confessing before to himself the same thing he determined in his life and he came. Verse 28 says, he gets up and he heads to home. He does not know what will happen when he gets there. He may be rejected, he may be humiliated or he may even be put to death. However, at this point he does not care about anything. He is tired of the far country and he is going home straight away. Fourthly, reunion and restoration. He was found reception at home. He was welcomed by his father. Even the father as he has seen him from far, he ran towards him and he kissed him, embraced him and he kissed him. That was the reunion and he found a restoration in verse 22 when this boy came home, he had everything he threw away and restored by the good grace of the Father. And uh, as you know, he was given the robe that is the purity. Here is stand the son in the rage of his sins. He does not look like a child of this father, but the father had orders the best of his robes to be brought and to be put on his son. This robe would cover all the stains and dirt of the pig pen. This robe would make him look like the father. This robe serves to erase all the visible signs of this boy's sinful past. Secondly, he was given a ring that is the privilege after the robe came to the ring. The ring was a symbol of sonship and authority. The one with the ring could speak for the father. The one with the father's ring was in a position of a great privilege. So, thirdly, he was given the shoes. That is the position. The father caused the shoes to be brought for the feet of his son. Only the slaves went bare, barefoot on those days. But his choice, sharing his choice, sorry, uh, uh, he was given the shoes because he has returned home desiring to be, a, uh, uh, to be his own son. That is the position he has given. This is my son. The father alone can determine the position. Finally, rejoicing and the celebration. That should be our part. The fatted cough was kept for special occasions. The fatted cough was the father's way of sharing his joy with all around. Instead of wasted life, the father was celebrating a life redeemed and restored. And so, It is when a sinner returns home to God the Father. There is always rejoicing in heaven. There is rejoicing in the house of God. There should be rejoicing in this house. There should be more baptism in this year. There is rejoicing in the heart of the redeemed sinner. Here, how do we compare this parable? The younger son represents the unsaved sinners. The older son represents the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. The Father represents God. That is our God. So, what is the point of these parables? God has an incredible love for the lost. Secondly, Repentance is the key element in the salvation process. Saying you are sorry for is not repentance. Just saying is not a repentance. Feeling bad for what you have done is not repentance. Saying you are a sinner is not a repentance. Repentance is making 180 degree turn from what you are doing wrong and doing right. When I mention this, 180 degree, you know what is 180 degree? Some people are very fast. They will go 360 degree. Because always we are in abundance, no? Always we look for it. Very fast. What is 380 degree? 360 degree? Just over and again coming for the same position. There are people. But God expects. 180 opposite. That's it. As you are walking stop it. Straight. This is the way. Recently I said about one of my uh, experiences but uh, it's no time for now. So my dear children of God both the divine side and the human side of salvation are seen. A direct shot of the religious leaders of the day was seen. So we know what is uh, Luke 10.2. He said harvest is truly a great but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. As a conclusion are you the last in the far country? Do you think like that? Do you feel like that? Do you need to come home? If you do so, there is no better time to do so apart from this time. Always the salvation is today. The Heavenly Father is waiting to receive each and every one of us. If you are even being saved, if you are gone, as it is possible. Once saved is not ever saved. So in that case, we should be very careful about living a holy life and which is pleasing to God. And uh, so if you are committing any sin, if you think it, is, this is the day for you to realize and come back to God. If you are saved, <clears throat> maybe you are saved today, but you are away from the Father as I said. So make heaven to more rejoicing and celebrate by your presence with the father, always that should be our desire. That's why always from here we encourage. It is not a coming and a being a Christian, just a coming and going and as of our own. Our purpose, we have a goal, we have a purpose. God has the purpose. That is, whatever we do, everything glorifying God, we will make heaven. Right? That is the purpose. Of what God has called us. So, in this small illustration, even though God has given the three things and comparing with this, just imagine about what is the situation, what are the experience he has gone through, even if you are a believer, if you have a trouble if you have, if you think that it is a hopeless or a helpless, therefore you are all alone, you cry, no one here to help you, God is there always watching. God is there always watching Once. Uh, let me finish it. Otherwise, uh, uh, what I said is uh, let me tell it from my uh, experiences. Those who have studied with me in the Mind of Christ, I have said it. That is the that is my practical experience. I I I I, I had a very good uh, 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 relationship with God even from my teenage, and one time when I had a trouble, I when I was praying, God was revealing to me something else. As I was. I said, Father, I was going, so it is just like a uh, U-type passage. So all these years from, you imagine this is the why. All these years, I have come. And now, I thought that this is the way, uh, this is the junction I came. Only two way, left or right. I saw it was a broad one, and this will go. It is like, imagine the forest before you. I am walking in the forest. And when you go through this way, it is abroad, I entered. And when I entered, and I could not move forward, and I could, all of a sudden I could see all the bushes. When I turn back and see, again the path which I come, so far this many years, it seems to be, it is closed. I cannot go back. So here I am crying. I am crying, O oh Lord. I cannot move forward, I cannot go back because this many years I have come. Then I am hearing somebody talking and walking, and I could sense and sense and sense which side they are coming, which side they are, whether they are coming towards or whether going towards, I do not know. But I could sense that is from the other side. So, in this way, people are going and coming. So I thought, there is no crossway. I cannot go back. I cannot go friend. But I said, I cried. I wasted this much time, and I am in the right or wrong path. So I missed the way. What I am supposed to do. I am crying. It is impossible. It was impossible. When I was crying, God said, "It is possible. It is possible. How it is possible. God said, I am above. I am watching you. It is possible for God to lift me up from there and brought me and keep me in the right place where I am supposed to go. This is the path which I am now. I had an experience of that. But God, because of his mercy and grace, he heard me, he lifted me, and kept me in the right path. Now I am walking the path where God wants me to go. My dear children I've heard. if you have that kind of experience, if you think you are in a trouble, think about is there any unforgiven sin in you? Are you doing anything which is you think that it is not sin? Because in the beginning you are very sensitive. Once you are used to that sin, you are not sensitive to that. So, use this sense should not be there. If it is there, that may be the consequences of what you are, if you are. So, today, it is your time. If it is anybody struggling, there is no joy, no peace, the sign of a Christian is in every situation, every circumstance, you should live in peace. That's it. You should live in peace. That is the pr- pr- promise of God. Even when you are praying for any so any problem or any need, the 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 as it stays, there will be a peace when God leads you. Pray, relate the things. What is happening subsequently, and see there is a peace. If you have a doubt, if you have a fear, that is not God's will for you. Please stand up from your feet. close your eyes is there anybody among us who do not know christ who do not know or having the privilege of being a children of god it is your time put up your hands raise up your hand if you do not know christ who is the savior who is the one who can forgive our sins he will set you free from any kind of bondages or your sin. Whatever the trials you are. If you do not know, it is a time for you to accept. If it is anybody, even you, are, you may be a believer or even a member of the church. If you have any problem, any trouble, any sickness, any need, it is your time, quickly come forward. I expecting the leaders and the pastors to come forward since there's no much time. Please, I cannot waste the time. I'm going to close it. If you have any need personally, you cannot just ignore it. God speaks. Once God speaks, you have to hear and obey. If you don't, don't hesitate, don't feel shy you will miss the chance if you don't come forward, if you don't obey Him. Whatever the need is, our God is God of impossibilities. Our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Whatever is impossible with men or in this world, it is possible with our God. He hears you, He answers you those who diligently seek him. It is only your faith.
1: Praise the Lord. Now what I need to see on everybody's face is rejoicing. Because that's what we were told today. Don't be a complainer. Be a rejoicer. So let's rejoice. Give a clap offering to the Lord. Stretch those muscles around your mouth a little bit. Smile. Be happy. This is the first month. We have 11 more months to rejoice. We have 11 more months of victory. Of glorious, rejoicing victory. Okay, have that expectation. Praise God. If there's another thing that I learned today, Stop looking at myself Let me just focus on God Let me not be self-centered I'm talking for myself Let me not be self-centered Let me not focus on myself Let me not be selfish But let me just focus on God And with the minute I start focusing on God I have to raise my eyes And if I have to raise my head so that I can focus on God, I see the harvest. But if I look at myself, I don't see anything. I see my pitiful state. That's all. Let's stop looking at our pitiful states. Leave it to God. He doesn't look at you and me as pitiful creatures. He looks at you and me as glorious men and women of God. Okay. So let us look to him. Let us look around. Talk to God right now. Just say, thank you God that on this first victory night, you have told us that we should not be complainers. We should be rejoicers. And that's what we are going to do. So if anybody in your house starts complaining, tell them to stop complaining. Let that spirit of complaining disappear from our homes. Let it be taken out of our lives. Let it replace it with a spirit of rejoicing. Because the spirit of rejoicing is from God. And let us say, God, let me be a rejoicer. Let me be a rejoicer. Let me be like these little children who keep running around laughing and smiling and just jumping happy. No worries. Let me be like them. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father, that today you have told me. Thank you for telling me that it's time to stop being selfish. It's time for me to stop looking at myself and my needs. But to focus on you, Lord. To look to you, Lord, Father. To make that 180 degree turn. To return to you, Lord, Father. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that this first month in January, you have told us the direction we should take, Lord. Father God, we have never more months to go this year, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord Father God, that you will guide us every step of the way, Lord. Thank you, Lord Father. Thank you, Father God, that you are there for us to focus on you when we need you, Lord Father, all the time. That all we need to do is look up to you. And you are there, Lord Father. And as we look to you, Lord Father, give us that eye with which you see the world, Lord Father. You had compassion on the world, Lord. Father God, put that same compassion in us, Lord Father. That we do not want to see people go to hell, Lord Father. Father God, this harvest that you have placed in front of us, Lord Father, make us those laborers, Lord Father that we would go out and reap that harvest, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. Thank you, Father, for our pastor who you used this day, Lord Father, who brought this word across, Lord, who again revealed to us, Lord, your heart, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. We pray, Lord, that your anointing will be on our pastor, Lord, that you will bless him the more, Lord Father. We pray that you bless him and his family, Lord Father, and you will use him mightily in this place. We thank you, Lord. Father, be with every one of us, Lord. That as we go out from here, Lord Father, we will go with rejoicing, Lord Father. They will be rejoicing in our words, Lord Father. They will be rejoicing in our walk, Lord Father. They will be rejoicing in our thoughts, Lord Father. Everything about us will be rejoicing, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you, church.